Welcome to Doc Talk, a podcast exploring leadership in the ever-evolving and uncertain environment of healthcare. My name is Cynthia, and I will be your host, asking healthcare leaders in South Georgian Bay to reflect on their leadership journey, to provide you, our listeners, insight into their achievements, skills, lessons learned, and aspirations. Today on Doc Talk, I'm joined by Dr. Harry O'Halloran. At this time, I'd like to ask Carrie to please introduce yourself and give us some information about your credentials and your achievements. Great. Thanks, Cynthia. I'm Harry O'Halloran. I'm a family doc in Collingwood, and I moved up here in 1986. I've had multiple leadership roles over the years in this area, from you know, chief of family practice, chief of obstetrics at Collingwood General Marine Hospital. I was the inaugural uh, lead physician for the Family Health Group, which became the Family Health Network, which then became the Family Health Organization. And for so about 20 years or so, I've been involved pretty directly in physician leadership. Um, I also was the inaugural uh, primary care lead for the North Simcoe Muskoka Lynn, and the Lynns were a uh, construct of uh, structurally sort of dealing with uh, the administrative and bureaucratic side of the healthcare system and they wanted to engage primary care, so I was the person for this region. There were 14 of us in the province. Hmm. Um, and then from there, I've also been the lead for the HealthLink Initiative, and currently I sit as the co-chair for the uh, South Georgia Bay Ontario Health Team. So multiple leadership roles over uh, more years than I care to think about, really. <laughs> so, That's quite yeah. an accomplishment, and uh, I feel quite uh, impressed to be in your uh in your presence. Before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of this, we're going to start with a few fun questions. And I'm curious, uh, from my perspective, breakfast is one of the most important meals of the day. Are you a breakfast eater? Oh, absolutely. And what did you have for breakfast today? Today I had some strawberries and blueberries and a bagel with peanut butter. Oh, I love peanut butter. <laughs> well, that gives you lots of protein yeah. and fresh fruit, so that's good. Um, you're all prepared to answer the rest of these questions now. <laughs> yes. Well, and coffee. Lots of coffee. Oh, yeah, that's good. I, I yeah, I should have probably had a, coffee, a cup of coffee, too. <laughs> what would you say was one of your main motivators for taking on a leadership role? I mean, as a physician, you would be busy enough getting to know your patients and the clinical side of things and the Ontario legislation. Yeah. So what inspired you to take on leadership? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to culture, actually. I think when I, what I would say when I came here, there was a, a culture of leadership. There was an expectation that as a new physician in town, you took on some roles that involved leadership. And in fact, uh, when you were the newbie in town, you were automatically slotted into a leadership role within the Medical Staff Association. So you went through, uh, you know, in your second year here, you would have been the secretary treasurer, then the vice president, then the president of the medical staff. And that was quite consciously designed to immerse you in um, the system side of things and teach you what was going on, get you more familiar with how um, the system, so, so-called, so maybe it isn't really a system, hmm. but how hospital worked, what the structures were. Uh, and I think it provided a bit of a training ground. It was very much mentored and supported, but that was part of the expectation. So I think the culture here really was part of what helped me to get started on that. Or is that how it is now when a doctor graduates? In, in this area, I think we still do have a culture of, 
um, shared expectations for leadership. And so I think we've, we've been fortunate over the years in our area to have multiple strong physician leaders who've you know, been the, mm-hmm. the president of the Ontario Medical Association, the president of the Ontario College of Physicians, the leader and the, you know, this, this inaugural uh, founder of the Rural Ontario Medical Program mm-hmm. is one of our docs. You know, so we've had a, a real bench strength, uh, I think partly because of our culture, but that also tends to support the culture and keep things going. So it's a, okay. it's kind of a, a self-propagating um, okay. kind of uh, situation. What advice would you give someone looking to get more involved in leadership roles in the medical field? Well, I think just jump right in. There's mm-hmm. there's lots of opportunity. Um, people are always happy to have physicians involved. Uh, whether it's within the healthcare system or without. I mean, I think many, you know, community boards look for physicians to be part of them. Uh, there's lots of organizations looking for input and engagement in the healthcare system itself. There are many opportunities, whether it's medical leadership at the hospital or through some community programs or provincially, there, there's a lot. Currently, safe with our Ontario health team, we're always eager to have more physicians join in and be part of our you know, our committee structure and give some input and that tends to lead to leadership opportunities as well. That's great. Um, personally, what would you say is your greatest achievement? Uh, my four kids are my greatest achievement. <laughs> or <laughs> well, my, my and my wife's greatest achievement. She's more responsible than me probably. <laughs> but um, in, in terms of leadership, I think it's partly that culture that we have here. I think there's been an evolution in primary care over the course of my career and I think we've managed to have some sway over that, some uh, influence and I think we've managed to create a really great system locally and uh, I mean I think leadership it's it's the team around you it's not really a, a person doing it so it's 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 all working together to create a great system. That's terrific. What techniques mechanisms have you used to improve your leadership to, to make you a stronger leader? Uh, well, there's a lot. So first of all, there's, there's a lot of uh, literature around leadership, both in the, in the public sector as well as in the private sector, but more particularly recently uh, in the healthcare sector. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of um, opportunities to advance and, and improve your leadership skills. So the, probably the basis comes down to first knowing yourself. So that's part of what you need to, to do is mm-hmm. to be aware of your own strengths and weaknesses, limitations. And then there are many other opportunities that are available through um, various organizations from the Ontario Medical Association, the Canadian Medical Association, the Ontario College of Family Physicians. And I've been quite involved with a number of those and they've been really helpful. That's terrific. Um, I think self-awareness definitely is one of the key components of, of any leadership, even, even of parenting. Yes. <laughs> sure. um, what would you say are your best leadership qualities and how have they helped you become a successful leader? Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive and optimistic and I'm, I'm pretty energetic, so I don't mind doing the work. And, and, I, and I take joy in it. I mean, I think that, you know, one of the great opportunities with leadership is that you connect with these passionate, bright, articulate, you know, motivated people. And uh, so it tends to be self-reinforcing. 
Uh, two comments about that. One is the peanut butter probably gives you lots of energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, building relationships is critical and, and really understanding not only with your patients, but with the community and with the government is, is yeah. critical. Yeah. And the more knowledge you have, the more relationships you have, likely the better care you're going to be providing to your patients. Absolutely. So how would you say you developed your leadership role? When you go back to 1986 and you were first getting started, how did you develop that? Yeah, uh, well, I think there certainly was a lot of informal, particularly, but some formal mentoring as well. Um, I used to always say that, you know, the way you become a leader is by being the last person in the room to say no, uh, <laughs> which sometimes can be true. But I, I think that there's, there's definitely there were opportunities to take on some leadership roles and you didn't ever feel like you were being hung out to dry and the only person. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that made it easier. And, and part of it, again, goes back to the culture. There was an expectation that's, mm -hmm. that's what people did. Um, so I just kind of fell naturally into that, I would say. Well, and I think with your uh, energetic, optimistic attitude and the expectations locally, that it was easy, or yeah, it was easy to jump in. Um, what challenges would you say you faced as a leader, and how did you overcome them? And I don't know if you have an example that you could share. Um, well, there, there's always there's lots of challenges, so it's I try not to focus so much on those. I would say in general, one of the things that I still find, and certainly I've always found, is you get a bit of imposter syndrome depending where you're where you're sitting, you know. So I've had the opportunity to sit with some really great leaders and be part of discussions uh, at, you know, provincial, national level functions. And it's daunting to be in that group and you always feel like, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, but on the other hand, I think if you have stretch goals, which you're trying to get to, you should sometimes feel a little out of your depth. If you're not a little bit uncomfortable, you're probably not you know, working hard enough. You um, probably apply that to your golf game a little bit too. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. What methods do you use to motivate and inspire your team? Uh, that's a hard question to put. I don't, I don't know if it's a real method or tactic. Try to think. You know, I think just bringing energy, organization, uh, you know, knowing, uh, and, and I guess you, you want to have a vision for where you want to get to. And I, I'd also say I'm a bit of a, I, I, I kind of like the concept of two things, servant leadership and leading from the edge. So I think you need to listen to the people around you. You, you need to make sure you have people who don't agree with you at the table. Uh, and that can be uncomfortable, but it does also force you to take into account things that you might not otherwise pay mm -hmm. attention to and, and you often end up with a better result with that. So I find that motivates me and I think being open to listening to that, those diverse points of view helps motivate the group because I, I hopefully people, if, if I'm chairing a meeting or if I'm part of a leadership team, they feel safe mm -hmm. uh, expressing something different than what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So I think you want to make sure that that's part of your your, your culture and the, the way you present is that you, you, you can disagree, but that's 
that's just part of getting to a better place. That's excellent. Um, listening kind of connects with self-awareness too, because if you're if you're able and open to listening, and you're self-aware, then like you said, if somebody comes to you with a different opinion, even if you totally don't agree with it, right, you can reflect and say, okay, they have a good point. They're coming from a different perspective. Right. Maybe it's the same outcome but a different approach. Absolutely. Yeah, I that's think good. You, you end up with a better product, so to speak. Um. What are some of the most important lessons you've learned about leadership? Um, I think it's uh, you don't want to be a uh, troublemaker, but you want to be a rebel. You want to <laughs> you want to stir the pot a bit. I think that's one thing. I think one of the other things is that it's it's important to engage. We often. You know, it's it's hard to go to meetings if you feel like you're not being listened to. Um, but I, I've I've said to people before, you know, in healthcare, I think as physicians, we, we, you know, we feel like it's it's going by us, and people are making decisions without our input. And I think you can either, you know, float in the water on your on your life raft, or you can get on the ship and try and steer it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would rather be someone who jumps on the ship and and has some influence. I think we do have influence. Mm-hmm. So that would be one of the things I would say is that part of part of making a difference is just showing up. You mm-hmm. know, and That's great. That's excellent. That's inspiring. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Regardless of what field you're in and what you're doing. So that's really great. How do you encourage innovation and creativity within your team? So, I mean, I'm fortunate in, in what I see as my team or our, our culture is to be innovative and to uh, lead with, say, strong uh, IT. You know, and and mm-hmm. uh, we're not we're not daunted by change. I think one of the things that that happens is success begets success. If you get people comfortable with change, because change has ended up being positive in the end, then they're much more comfortable with innovation and change. And so, uh, again, it ties back into your culture and, and making sure that people do see the the results of change. Make sure you point out to them that you know this is because we were uncomfortable, because we were uncertain, because we innovated, uh, and it ends up coming out uh, in the end a uh, better result. Well, and I think on, on every team you have early adopters, you have laggers, etc. Right. And when you have a combination of them on your team, again it goes back to listening and right. self awareness yeah. and and um, being able to steer the team. Right onto the boat because right. not everybody's going to be the captain exactly but several people you need a lot of people to read the maps and and exactly i'm, be I'm a huge believer in that first follower concept mm-hmm. you know i think that's really key is that you know you have you have these brilliant people coming up with these great ideas and that isn't me but yeah. i'm happy to say oh i like that idea how do we get that to fruition but it's interesting too with change because what do they say there's there's not uh, what if there's certain things in life death, taxes, and change. Yeah, yeah. And um, the only way we're going to innovate and grow, and particularly in a healthcare system that we're living in right now, in Canada and Ontario, we have to be open for change. Absolutely. That's great. Just a couple more questions. What uh, what would you say makes you a good leader? Well, I hope I'm a good leader. I aspire to be a good leader. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think I'm... I'm fortunate in uh, in many ways. I think I, I grew up with 
parents who were uh, capable and caring and, and showed leadership. Uh, my wife Peggy is a huge support to me, so I have I have my own. We have a team, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, I think that's that's part of what keeps me going. So good partnership. Uh, yeah. Good partnership, strong relationships. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah. Um, when you look back on your career and your life, who might you say inspired you the most to be a good leader? Well, probably my parents, for sure. There have been many, though. There have been many within and without the medical field. Like, my wife Peggy inspires me to be a better... She's got great EQ and and really helps me, you know, when I'm struggling with how to present things, she can give me great advice. Uh, Marie's a great leader. She's a great servant leader. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, Marie LaRose, our our daunted, undaunted, uh, fit ED. You know, um, she's a great exemplar of that. Mm -hmm. And... And I think when I came to town, there were great uh, physician leaders here locally. I mean, many of them are still active in our community, and like like Peter Savage and mm-hmm. you know Peter Wells and James Lane and Sonia Gandhi and Jennifer Young and Alyssa Boyd and Alex Fraser. I mean, there's a there's a long list of really strong physician leaders in this community, and uh, I think that's we all kind of help mentor and support each other, and and it again it comes back to that culture. So. Yeah, I've had great. lots of great inspiring leaders that I've come in contact with. And it also um, reflects not only our community, I, I do believe that what we have here in South yeah. Georgian Bay is unique yeah. in a lot of ways, but um, that everybody is working together for that same goal. How can we make it better yeah. for our residents of the community? We'll just have a couple questions to kind of conclude our uh, time together. Um, if you were to be able to speak to your younger self, what message, advice would you give to your, to your younger Harold? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, invest more in Apple stock. That's, <laughs> That's for sure. Um, yeah, keep going. Take, take those chances. Don't That's be good. afraid to take those chances. That's great. And finally... What message would you like to give to the world or send to the world? So from the healthcare perspective, I think I would like to say, let's move to a world where there are no transitions in healthcare. I think it's a bad word and we need to eliminate it from our vocabulary. Well, it has been a real inspiration. I mean, not only are you a gentleman away from the clinic, but clinically, you, know, you have a really wonderful reputation, and I know people thanks. respect you and admire you greatly. So thank you so much for taking your yeah, time thanks. today to meet with us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks.